0: Thank you for visiting ChristopherMedia.net Get the trench cut out, expose yourself to nerds (laughs) Christopher Media, let's make some noise From core Studios near Detroit, Michigan It's Unregimented
1: Gangsters, what's up guys?
2: Show number 142
1: I am Chris I'm Aaron I am Eric Thanks for joining us again Eric Why thank you guys Eric and I were just uh, jiving a little bit about uh, about jobs, we're getting mm. a new job, oh, changing I, changing jobs. We Congratulations! Yoga pants. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> we were yoga pants.
2: Yoga pants. Yeah. I mean, Birmingham. Go back to the last episode. Maybe that is proof of a creator. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know who had the idea, but yeah. pretty brilliant.
3: When I stare in the yoga pants, though, I I only see myself in them. <laughs>
2: Man's rim shot. Shiny ones, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Leather yoga pants. Ooh, yeah. Jobs. Jobs, jobs. I don't know. Yeah.
3: <laughs> that that just came out, right? Jobs.
2: No jobs.
1: Not, No, not the Steve film. Jobs.
3: Steve Jobs. Not that.
1: Oh, it's just an. It's an interesting zone. To be in to, to change jobs Yeah Right Oh yeah totally To leave something that you're familiar with To go to something that hopefully And I think in most people's situations When they're leaving one job to go to another it's Something that is either going to reward them more In right. you know monetarily Or just uh, spiritually In this case I help both But there's a lot of anticipation too right Oh yeah I haven't been sleeping very well lately. You know, because you're thinking about possibilities. That's what'll keep me up all fucking night. Mm-hmm. You know, the the unknown. You're kind of in that limbo of like, all right, I'm not going to go to this job every day and I'm going to go to this place that's going to be unfamiliar. And I don't exact. And there's a lot, actually, not to get into details, but it's specifically about this job. Kind of a... a more haziness than normal. <laughs> yeah. Because he's kind of like... A, well, we'll we'll see how it works out, you know. But I have enough faith in it that uh, it seems like it's going to be the right
3: move overall. Oh, new jobs! I'm also getting a new job, and I know that it, it is a gamble. It's like mm-hmm. I mean, it, it could it could you know uh, nourish you in every you know body and soul, and it may just be uh, you know a giant explosion well, of disappointment right, and shame. I, I
1: like to think that. Uh, <laughs> Every job that I go into, I, I go into with a positive attitude and think, well, oh, this is a great place that I can use my skills. I, it can be rewarding in some way to me. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a place where I'll fit in. The last two co- the last two jobs that I've had haven't. And I'm yeah. pretty used to in in my history, in my work history of having extended runs with with places, you know, I work my way up as far as I can or, you know, just find a better opportunity, but I'm not used to, it, like, jumping from job to job. Right. But I literally, you know, this job that I'm leaving, mm-hmm. when I went into it, I was like, this is great. This is a place that uh, I can see myself growing with, that I can have a comfortable job for the rest of my working career if I really wanted to. But then, you know, the honeymoon period's over and you start hearing more and more about what's really going on in the company. and. Yeah. He's like realizing that like, this is a dead end. Uh, it's time to move on.
0: <laughs>
1: yeah. And the job before that. You know, the job before that uh, was one of the most financially rewarding jobs that I've had. Not the most, but one of. the more. Yeah. But it was such a downer. It was just soul crushing. And it wasn't because of the work it was awesome and interesting. My boss was just... I mean even when he was nice he was being a racist yeah so it was just constant <laughs> tension just
3: constant that could that could you know even even if you're making good money it can be hard on your everyday you know right uh, uh, attitude and your health uh, health real real big with that if you're having a, t- a tense environment all the time mm-hmm.
1: yeah and and I'm kind of to that point now with this current job I was very lucky to find a new opportunity because I was at my wits end with this place. Yeah. Just uh, mismanagement and no support from the people who hired you. It's just like, okay, here you go. Yeah. Here's a computer. (laughs) Go sell something.
2: There you go. Ooh.
1: That's right. Hey, you know, I don't mind working hard. I don't mind a challenge either, you know. But... When your employer seems to be setting up roadblocks to your success, that's a different story.
2: Oh, I I was there in uh, my last radio job, the last time I took a paycheck in radio for money. I worked for, uh, my short time in radio, I learned that you're fucked either way. (laughs) It's one of of life's lessons because I worked for a big corporate uh, cluster and then I worked for an independent owner. Mm Well, even if you're, like,
1: really successful in radio, there's still... I there's, mean, there's, seen, there's no, there's no job
2: security. There's no job security at all. You right. could walk in... You could be the... Just went through it here in Detroit a few months ago this year. You could be number one. hmm And they could just be like, we're, we're cutting jobs. Yeah. And it's just that, or you could come in and, and you just... We're switching formats. Everybody's fired. That's... Yeah. Yeah. Have a good one.
1: Yeah. If you are one of the lucky few... To actually make millions working in radio. Mm. Fucking save your money. Make as much as you can in the time period that you can. Yeah. And just
2: fucking save it because yeah. who knows what your next job is going to be. But yeah, what I what, was saying though with, with the obstacles though, having the, the independent... Mm-hmm. O- the person's just there to say no quicker and give you their stupid reasoning to your face rather than <laughs> in the corporate cluster, it's just a no and you don't get to hear their stupid, dumbass, horrible reasoning. Right. You know, it's, it's out of sight, out of mind where you can hear it. It, it, it was just... Wanting to help people succeed, like listen, no, it's not how you do this. Like I think that place existed solely on barter's. Hmm. Like I don't know how that guy paid the the fucking the electric bills or I, I don't know how my current work. Maybe he, he it, yeah. owned the property or something. I don't know, but it was just. At some point, it was just I walked away. I was like, "I'm good here, man." Like I, I was a music director. I was afternoon drive, and I was just like, "Yeah, I'm done working here." It it does amaze
3: me when you know you work at a place that you don't know where the money's coming from. Like I like how you just said that. Like you know, at your current you know you're like okay mm-hmm. so if they're not getting business how are they
2: paying me well, right It's too bad rich isn't on here because rich recently like within the last uh, couple of weeks or at least maybe a couple pay cycles went through went to go pay, cash his paycheck and yeah this bounce like there's nothing in here to cover this yeah
3: oh i've had that happen i've never before. had that happen if, if if you live in the metro detroit area though and you work for a guy who doesn't seem to be making any money on the front end he's probably selling weed on the back end so that's that's right. That's probably how it's working for most of these guys.
1: Or some of them, like uh, I've worked for small business owners who they, by kind of chance, by Uh happenstance, they were really successful. But because it happened sort of by accident, they don't understand changing their business to fit with Current markets. So they just have, like, they were wildly successful at one period. Like a a record store that I worked at Uh was a perfect example. I mean, this guy was just making more money than he knew what to do with, know what to do with. So it went into his car and up his nose. Mm -hmm. But... you know at the tail end of that when a lot of that happened when uh mp3s and downloading became popular and all the the record stores dried up but you know he was able to continue on for a long time i'm imagining just based off the fact that he had some savings for the business or something
3: yeah that's they are just skating off of what they had made previously that's right and then you just
1: and they just gradually take in less and less money until it starts going negative and they don't change and 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 that's where you've got to see those things and jump ship before it happens all oh, right you know who else has a new job who who john stewart
2: john oh is going
1: oh. to he just signed a contract i think it was for yeah four-year production pact with hbo oh Hmm. Uh, john oliver got him a
2: gig so came okay, man I'm over here
3: now john
1: it's... oliver and bill maher and now john mm-hmm. stewart oh they're, uh, they're building a nice roster over there at hbo mm-hmm.
3: building an army is what they're doing
1: uh, In an official statement I'm so excited to be working with Richard Plalper Michael and the entire HBO family Appearing on television 22 minutes a night Clearly broke me I'm pretty sure I can produce a few minutes of content Every now and again So it doesn't sound like he's going to be doing An actual show Mm. Uh, According to release Stewart's job will be to view current events through his unique prism, which likely means he'll be continuing his war on bullshit with a little help from HBO. Uh, let's see. Where did it say? It's not clear if it will be behind the desk again in some fashion. The content will most likely cater to his sensibilities. Uh, where did it say? Somewhere in here it said that he was, it, it's probably going to be like uh, shorts and like, Stuff that that pops up on their and uh, HBO Now app, mm-hmm. you know, or HBO Go or whatever the fuck it
2: is that they're doing. And uh, how much is he? How much you get to do this? I don't know. Oh, I thought you gave me a dollar amount.
1: No, four years. Ah, that was the only uh, number I had on it. No, no word on how much HBO actually paid him, but come on.
2: For a few seconds of content every so often? Good for him. The,
1: nu- the number is so large it wouldn't even register to our brains.
2: Hey, you know, remember when he was the remote control guy? Good for him. <laughs>
1: <laughs> remember when he wore the leather jacket and hosted a show on, on MTV? Oh,
2: the, wait. When he the had John, his own talk the, show. Yes, the yeah. John Stewart show. The right. John, yeah, the John Stewart that, show. Remember he was in Big Daddy? That was like the pinnacle of his career? No. Being in an Adam Sandler movie? No, his
1: favorite movie that he's popped up in is Death of Smoochie. Yeah, he was awesome in that. Yeah, that's right.
3: Do, do, do you guys remember Craig Kilborn? Yes. He's on Late Night.
1: Craigers. Right?
3: Yeah. yeah. He's, he's great. You watch him? Yeah. No, remember I don't watch Rick? him anymore, <laughs> but I I, I I used to no, watch him. he was him. the first Daily Show host. He was host. the first Daily Show host. Oh, yeah. well, that's why you bring
1: up.
2: Yeah, yeah. that's and then, right. he, and then he left to be in Late Night, uh-huh. and that went over like a fart in church. Yep. Well, and not to disparage Craig like, Kilborn, Like, is he an asshole or something? Because or? He, he
1: seems like he does a fine job as a uh-huh. Late Night host. And he's not, it's not that he's not funny, but he wasn't. Jon Stewart took that show to a completely different level. Oh, Nobody yeah, I no, agree. Yeah, totally. It was his personality. It was, well, like I said in here, it was John Stewart's personality and his, uh, his skew on things. Uh huh. Right? That, that made the show. Y- you felt much more that, where Craig Kilborn was probably just writing whatever the writers came up with. That John Stewart was much more steering the ship. This is what I want to talk about. These are some of the points that I want to hit. Now punch up some funny jokes. Right. I also think that you know John Stewart was much better at endearing himself to the audience yeah. and being uh, funny on the fly, being able to improv. He commanded the show.
3: He mm. did. Yeah. No. It was it was his show. At that point. And
1: from everybody who's worked with him, just has apparently the most insane work ethic of anybody in in Hollywood. Right.
2: Just from what I keep hearing about why he left the Daily Show, I guess it was just just wearing on
3: him. Well, yeah, that's what he said.
1: Yeah. Yeah, doing 22 minutes of uh, TV every day broke him.
2: Yeah,
3: that's a tough job. Somebody's
2: got to do it, right? Well, Well, when you're okay. Well, it's like what here on a local level, what drew lane uh for drew and mike when they, when uh they got uh, let go from mornings he, he, he he's made it clear that he is all done with mornings he he was the reason he, he had left the show and for like what was it a year and a half or two years near the end because it, it was he right was just, he was tired of the grind he well, was tired of getting up at 4 a.m yeah. every day you do it for a lot two of people decades right, a lot and, of
1: people uh just wear out on whatever it might be. But the difference here, not to constantly call Craig Kilborn out, but he probably went in there and, you know, did his shtick and and was out. Where it sounds like Jon Stewart, the reason it broke him is because there's like 10 hours of work that went in front of right. the 22 He's minutes incredible. of programming. And he was yeah. apparently from everybody's, were involved in All of it. And a role model at all times, an example for everybody else on staff. And, you know, he became and embodied that show. Right. So I can see where that legitimately would wear on. I'm not just like, "Eh, I'm sick of doing TV. Like he worked himself to the bone in a way where I don't think everybody that hosts a, a half hour daily show
3: does. I wonder what po- uh, what picture he has hanging up in his office to help him
1: slaves uh, <laughs> work. working in the field.
3: Yeah, that's <laughs> <what I mean. laughs> to remind him of what hard
1: work is really like.
2: Yes, probably something involving That's Jews. right.
1: Oh God, I can't believe how many people I just offended by describing how hardworking John Stewart was. I'm so insensitive.
2: Thank you for listening, liking, and sharing Unregimented on Facebook and following Unregimented on Twitter at UnregimentedPod. If you like Unregimented, please tell a friend to visit ChristopherMedia.net. You can subscribe to Unregimented on iTunes for free just by clicking through the iTunes banner at ChristopherMedia.net. You can also show your support for Unregimented when you buy something on iTunes just by clicking through the iTunes banner at ChristopherMedia.net. It won't cost you anything extra, and it shows your support for Unregimented. While you're on iTunes, please remember to write a review and rate Unregimented five stars. Just click on the iTunes banner at ChristopherMedia.net. Android users can listen to Unregimented for free at ChristopherMedia.net by clicking on the Stitcher radio player on our homepage. You can also listen to Unregimented for free at TuneIn.com or by downloading their free TuneIn radio app. Don't forget, you can always listen to Unregimented for free across any platform just by going to ChristopherMedia.net. Make sure to check out all of the podcasts on ChristopherMedia.net. Mondays and Fridays you have Unregimented. Reach us at Unregimented Pod on Twitter. Tuesdays and Fridays. Fridays you have The Weedsman Podcast find those guys at the weedsman 420 on Twitter Wednesday you have The Projection Booth -booth projection-booth.com or at ProBoothCast on Twitter you can also check out one of our new shows well new to us it's The Ugly Club Podcast it's another movie podcast but these guys go with more of a theme each week rather than just one movie you can check them out at Ugly Club Podcast on Twitter or UglyClubPodcast.com if you like Unregimented and want to show your support for Unregimented you can donate to Christopher Media by clicking through the PayPal button at ChristopherMedia.net. If you use Amazon.com, please click through the Amazon banner at ChristopherMedia.net and bookmark the link. It won't cost you anything extra, and when you buy something, you will show your support for Unregimented. If you're looking to launch your own website, please click through the Hostgator banner at ChristopherMedia.net. That's who we use to host Unregimented. When you sign up for Hostgator by clicking through the banner at ChristopherMedia.net, you are helping to support Unregimented. Do, do you not like guns, Aaron?
1: I don't dislike them, but I have no affinity for them. Okay. I don't own one. I can't really see myself ever owning one. But who's to say? I, I can't see myself being in a situation where I feel like I would need one. Right, yeah. Um, but yeah, there, I mean, obviously, there's... Gun violence all over the nation. Mm -hmm. Stories about gun violence are, are nothing new. But there are some interesting ones that caught my attention this week. One of them about a man in Colorado who walked down the street with a rifle shot three shot and killed three people yeah some of which were begging for their lives before he was eventually gunned down by police the interesting part of this is that a neighbor saw him walking down the street with an ar-15 looking menacing and called 911 and said hey uh, there's this guy walking down the street with a rifle and he looks mad i think you guys should do something about it and the dispatcher said well it's an open carry state so nothing we can do Oh like, Is he is he actively threatening anyone Well no He's just looking Okay well There you go He's, he's legally allowed To walk around with his gun With a What the uh, caller said Was a distraught Look on his face Like he's had A rough couple of days or
3: so
2: What would it have cost <laughs> To just go well, yeah, we'll yeah, send, send a, out there to look, take send a, look a squad
3: this. car They will check that shit out yeah, I was probably mad They
2: wouldn't fuck. sell his flag fuck At what,
3: Walmart Fuck
1: what it costs Yeah Like what's their job
2: yeah. yeah, I know, right? It was a new
1: batch of Krispy Kremes, but, but you know this couldn't is, be pulled away. But, I had to get the fresh one. This is also a white guy walking around now. Yeah, I'm, take a brother and put an AR-15 in his hand and send him down SWAT the street. Team on. There'd have been a knee in his back. SWAT team, it wouldn't even got
3: there. Two cops would have showed up and each put a bullet in him I'm more afraid of a white guy with a gun than i am you know well i'm afraid of both but i mean a white guy with an ar-15 walking on the street that's terrifying to me that's 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 a big body count right there
1: uh okay so i'll be racist if if i have uh if the gun's being pointed at me yeah right uh i think i would be more fearful of the black guy actually pulling the trigger if it's just a guy walking around, walking down the street with a loaded weapon. I'm much more fearful of the white guy, right? Because he's more likely to be insane and kill randomly.
3: Yeah, that that's why. Yeah, I'm uh, that that scares me more. Right. And and you know, with white people dropping like flies these days, especially oh, middle-aged yeah. white men, you know, you can't be too careful. Well, that's yeah, but that's the
1: thing. The white men are killing themselves. Right. Yeah. Another strike for uh, uh, being afraid of white men, right there. Well, not if they're killing themselves. Right. Yeah. Unless, just you're, the, unless you're
3: themselves, and then you'll be afraid. Right.
1: I just I'm right, call. No, you're right. Yeah. I'm a I'm a white middle yeah. aged American male.
3: Uh, Number one, right. I just saw a white man carrying an AR-15, looking menacing, walking down the street. I just uh, see
1: him? It's me in the mirror. <laughs> <laughs> Movies have ruined me on certain scenes because every time I see somebody stare at their own reflection with something other than putting on makeup or smiling if they look distraught and they stare in the mirror i immediately think they're going to kill themselves or somebody else yeah the the, no the sad look in the mirror like the royal tenenbaums Mm -hmm. when richie Uh, the bomber uh, yeah yeah, yeah. stares in the mirror yeah cut shaves his beard cuts his uh and goes his his wrists um, but no, it, it's happened, uh, gosh, I'm trying to think of some other examples. That's the only, that's the only one I can think of. Taxi driver? But yeah, I was watching The Leftovers and yeah. there's a scene where one of the characters was extremely distraught and she looks at her face breaking up in the mirror and I was like, oh fuck, is she gonna kill herself? <laughs> <laughs> that's how it happens. Which, if you, I mean, if you guys like crying, watch The Leftovers. It's the most. <laughs> Fucked up show I mean, It is Brilliant It is one of my Favorite shows And it fucking Gets me every single time Especially this last episode I like crying Are you Are you familiar With the show at all I've never seen it now It's based off of What is it like 2% of the world's Population Disappears Just into thin air It's called Leftovers The Leftovers Oh yeah. That show's still on it Went Just went into season 2 Is it on Netflix No it's uh, HBO hey, Okay it's HBO or Showtime? No, it's HBO. It's HBO. Cool.
3: I'll have to, I'll have to uh, uh, check it out. I, li- I like mm. crying and I like uh, you know stuff like that. Fantasy, I guess, would be maybe. It's not like <sighs> is it? Is it biblical? Are they no? Um, or not what I've seen.
1: No, it's n- it's, it's not the rapture you 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 keep thinking well of course like the rapture is where a lot of people immediately go and yeah. that's a lot of the the people who are left over believe that you know these people are called back to heaven or whatever it may right. be and there's a lot of unexplained shit going on uh-huh but it's never they don't imply one way or the other like hey this happened it could have just been random chance that these two things happened at the same time or it could have been a sign of a creator. Yeah, know? all depends on what your beliefs are and uh, and how all the characters react differently to these events. Mm-hmm. I, you know, there's a lot. There's certainly a lot of religious overtones in it, but it's n-
3: it's it rarely tell presented you either way, wh- which is good. Right, yeah. it
1: kind of rides right down the middle in just mystery. Hey, it could be God, it could be science. Could be just random chaos that happens to line up in favor of certain beliefs. Could you be in the aliens. could be in the
3: mind of an autistic child. Snow globe. <laughs> <laughs> the end of St. Elsewhere. Yeah. One of the best. One of the absolute best. Could be Bob Newhart's dream. Oh, it could be. I think that's sure. where I am right now. <laughs> did you guys see uh Ash vs the Evil Dead yet? I have not yet. I saw it the other day. It was absolutely incredible. And I'll tell you why. And I'm not gonna tell you what happens, but I will say the CG is non existent. Excellent. Because that yeah. Yeah, so he he went grassroots with this thing and they made puppets. They they did all the the old school and makeup, and, yeah. yeah, and in and, and, and they went back to you know Ash being the asshole hero, mm-hmm. making the really crappy jokes and right. saying things like groovy and molesting women, and it it was beautiful. It was, yeah. I mean, if if you've never seen the original ones, like if you've never seen Evil Dead, Evil Dead Two, and Army of Darkness, this may not be funny to you because you may you, you may not you know. If understand. you didn't get those, you're probably not going to get. You, you won't get this, but I'm going to say every fan that enjoyed. Uh, uh, the original films will, will really just classics. This. Oh yeah, totally. It it made me want to, you know, I don't know, soft my own hand and replace it with a and, chainsaw. Well, movie. I still
1: enjoy watching the walking dead very much. So, and more so for the character writing than anything else, the effects are getting a little bit out of hand with the zombies. Yeah. I don't know if you watch it at all, but lately they started doing the blood splatter on the, on the, the camera lens. Yeah. Which is like just fucking retard.
3: What? Don't was is it shot like The Office now? <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Yeah. They're
1: interviewing zombies. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> one-on-one they've they've done it a couple times this season where they you know all these zombies are getting hacked up or chopped up and at one point this fake blood splatter it's i like i feel like i'm playing a video game and i just got shot that's what it fucking looks like you know it it it, It doesn't look real at all and because they're doing it all digital that's great you are able to make very convincing blood splatter digitally Uh uh-huh but don't just throw it on the screen right
3: there You know, and, and the other thing with that show, I mean, I love it, I, 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 and I watched yeah. the new series too, and I, I like that, but one, other thi- one thing that I don't like about it is the way that they break down a story to where we're going to get one day situation now, and it's going to be from five different angles, and that's going to be five episodes. It's so grueling. Just yeah. show me that day in in one episode, and then move on to something else. It's just making everything crawl. Then, like, so I, so I see uh, the one of the characters I like at the first episode of the season, trying to do something. In the next episode, it's another guy. In the next episode, another guy. You don't see what happens with the progression of the the first guy until the last episode of that season. Right. It's it's too much. Too much. Uh, it is uh, a little bit of trickery,
1: but you know, it it does allow them to do things like the last episode, an hour and a half long. Yeah. Two man play between Morgan and the guy who trained him in uh, with his Donatello bow staff, and, which I thought was a great episode. No, I, I, I thought, enjoyed I thought that it was too. Absolutely fantastic. Whereas most shows, they would have explained that, they would have shown you stuff, but it would have been like flashbacks. It would and have shit been like a montage and with it would have, some
3: music and
1: right, and it would have been interspliced with uh, like what they do on Arrow, where they always yeah. had these flashbacks to five years previous to what he went through, and they give you these little bits and pieces. Which kind of that just drives me nuts, like just tell right. the whole story or don't um another one which I don't think the writing is nearly as good as uh in in Marvel's agents of Shield as it is in uh Walking Dead, but they do have kind of similar mm-hmm. layout where they're constantly hiding the big story from you yeah. But they were able to do, there was one of the best episodes this season was just explaining what happened to one character when they went through a portal. Like last season, they went through a portal, mm-hmm. didn't come back till this season, and nobody really knew what happened. and She didn't want to talk about it. And right. then it all came out in one episode that was just devoted to this. It was very similar to the Walking Dead episode. It was two people. Yeah, It was her and the guy that was uh, abandoned years earlier in the same place finding each other and just trying to survive in this weird wasteland planet. This is kind of, uh, this is on, we're talking about AMC and ABC, right? right. These aren't like Related. weird sci-fi pay cable stations that are free to experiment. These are major television shows right. that millions of people are watching that are breaking this normal form of... Everything's kind of chopped up and, and fed to you in order.
3: I think that the reason for this now is because of like Netflix, for instance. Like right. when you binge watch these shows and yeah, for on demand as well, like it actually makes me want to. And I think these shows are meant to enjoy it in this way. Like if you ever watched, uh, uh, what is it, uh, Sons of Anarchy at all? Yeah. You know, in the way that you sit down and lose fucking four days of your life because you just watch one after another after another and I think that's the way they're marketing these things now
1: right I think too a lot of this is you know when we talk about shows like Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Uh Walking Dead the the comic book influence is obvious the characters are pulled right from those books but on a greater scale outside of of actual comic book properties that are being portrayed on the screen. The format of the comic book is kind of bleeding over into television. Oh,
3: very much so. Yeah. You've grabbed the format. It
1: wouldn't be like, that's how you would do that story in a comic book Mm -hmm. for decades now. You know, if you want to tell this long form 12 issue epic, you, you could have that one issue. That's just going to explain somebody's backstory or, you know, fill in this major mystery and they devote that whole issue to it. And they'll have like, you know, maybe even a, a guest artist that'll come in to give it a different feel and everything. And you won't get any
3: resolve until later on in the series. (laughs)
1: Right. Yeah. And and that's, I mean, obviously there's influence back and forth. There's certainly people who write for both, who write comic books and write for television or write screenplays or whatnot. So there's obvious overlap in there. But, there's a lot of ways where comic books are influencing the television that we want that we watch outside of the superheroes and the actual right. properties themselves. The,
3: there, there's been a, such a resurgence in, in in superhero television now. I mean, we have. Have you guys seen The Flash yet? Big Flash, I, the I, Flash. I, I love the the, the Flash uh, the show. Mo- is great. I th- love it, and I like the way it went. Mm-hmm. How they changed it. enough from the comic book so i can't really predict exactly what's going to happen and how it happened right so i mean i'm not i'm not stuck like going oh i fucking know what's going to happen next exactly so that really brought it back to watchmen yeah well we already know the story it brought it back to life for me now now you know i it's going to take its own life it's taking its own way but it's doing it tastefully Mm -hmm. now have you guys seen any of the the two new Supergirl? oh go ahead
1: I was just going to say The Flash I love that show Uh that is the TV equivalent to me of Spider-Man 2 which which is one of my favorite comic book adaptations in the film in film because it manages to capture that vibe of the comic book Uh without bringing along the things that would weigh it down in a feature film right you know to take that story and presented in a visual way that you can relate to that experience of reading the original book mm-hmm. but you get something completely new and it's adapted properly for its format. Right. That's what it that it's the perfect comic book TV show. The Flash is just like Spider Man Two is. I still think not my favorite movie based off of a comic book property. Yeah, but my favorite adaptation of right. any comic book character into into a movie that makes you feel like you're. Watching a motion comic, you know.
3: Right. No, it, it's 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 beautiful, and um, you know, if you if you guys ever watched the uh, original Flash series from the '90s, mm-hmm. the father that plays uh, uh Barry Allen in that one, uh, well, actually the 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 father in that the current show actually plays Barry in the original show, which right. is really cool. Which but, I, I which was can make it free- a little confusing. Yeah, but yes, yeah. <laughs> um, it's not. It's yeah, it's not an. It's not the same universe, but it's yeah. the same. Yeah, same act. It's just kind is, of a
1: a nod or an Easter egg, as they would say in the, yeah. in the nerd lingo. Yeah. Um, yeah. Not only that, uh, the Trickster shows up, in, uh, played by Mark Hamill. Yeah. He plays a very Jokerish uh, Riddler type character called the Trickster. Uh huh. And he he's this he in the original '90s Flash series and in the current one. That that's
3: beautiful. That's like music right there. Mm-hmm. I, I
1: really really enjoy which, that show. I don't. I mean, Luke Skywalker is. I mean, Mark Hamill is Luke Skywalker. You just can't see anything different, right? Right. But that doesn't mean that he's necessarily a great actor. <laughs> but he, the trickster, is great, and his voice as the Joker for the animated. Oh, series. that's the like, Joker.
3: That's in the the iconic Joker. He
1: does movie. that so well. Yeah, he is so good at playing the bad guy. I wish we could see. I think it's almost like. Uh, I mean, I'm I'm sure the being that iconic figure of luke skywalker has actually hindered his career in
2: more ways than it's helped yeah that's gotta really piss him off that's all talk about the uh, ultimate typecast but you know and i don't want to see i don't think he's necessarily a good actor in that like carrie fisher went on to do other things harrison ford obviously right didn't oh yeah you don't see him as i mean it's one of the people you see but I I see Andy every time I see Harrison Ford. That's just me, but uh, so yeah, that's gotta like that's gotta be like blessing and a curse for Mark Hamill,
3: mm-hmm. right? It total. I I don't know if you guys saw it. Um, there was uh last year, paparazzi took some pictures, uh, some embarrassing photos of Mark Hamill, and he was um uh, at a voiceover studio outside. In California, stealing and re smoking old cigarette butts out of the ashtray. I'd do that. (laughs) The dude was in Star Wars, though, and he can't afford a pack of smokes. There's something wrong with that.
2: Yeah. Come on, Lucas. Let's get Hamill a check. Let's get him a full pack of smokes. Hey, he's got the. Oh, come on. He's going to be doing all right. Well, yeah, well, he's in yeah, the new movie, right? Yeah, dude, uh, it, he just got yeah, a second win. He's got himself a, a, a year 2000 movie deal. He'll make a shitload of money. he's
3: not in the official movie posters. What is up with that? Did you guys right. see that? Yeah. He's not on the, the, the group <laughs> one, and he's not in the single ones. They have all the heroes but him. Because, not him. because they either want to tease
1: as a fake out yeah. that he is going to be have turned to the dark side or he actually has turned to the dark side, right? So we there's don't something know. there's something about his appearance that is going to uh, denote something. That's a, like he's got right. He's going to look evil. He's got like some scar on his face or some fucked up shit.
3: Well, we got, saw him in that in the trailer where his hand was all robotic and he's like Well, yeah, we
1: Well, his hand his hand was cut
3: off and Right, but from, yeah, yeah but vampire. I mean, you think that he would have a better hand by now it's the future, right? You would notice that shit. Hey, he's stuck in his ways. All right. That's I like my old hand. <laughs> oh, my gosh. A nice comic book rant there. I needed that today. I bet you could find this real quick. You'd enjoy this.
1: Let's do this quick search for Fox News Star Wars. What is it? Fox News had a, uh, a story about the current Star Wars fever that is spreading across the nation. Chlamydia?
2: This is a. This one right here, not surprisingly, Fox News hates Star Wars. Yeah.
1: In true Fox fashion, they of course have to have they have they have to be fair and balanced, right? right. So they have to they can't just report on the phenomenon. They have to bring in two people to debate whether we should
3: all be excited about Star Wars or not. Which is a ridiculous thing to debate. Oh, uh, I'm so annoyed with everybody on the internet about the like, women and... Uh, oh, there it is. All right. They're, they're acting l- too many women in, in Star Wars. There's oh, women in the first Star
1: Wars. That's, that's, first of all, that's it's... That's just fucking stupid. I yeah, hate, we went over it. that territory.
2: All right, first of all, I see a woman, so this debate is already invalid. Whoa, hey. We um, were, just, are,
1: we're man, just saying that we are sick of assholes
2: like you, Chris, and then you go <laughs> and be an asshole like that. I'm hey, just saying... <laughs> I'm not... I'm going from experience, okay. Before I start this video, <laughs> I know women, and I know no, that, how that, many people have you met? That anyone are, <laughs> that you know that can spit out Star Wars trivia like that has a penis. No, not everyone.
1: No, I I know plenty of female fans that are just as rabid as the male
3: ones really yeah. abs yeah, you, of fucking your lizard. ex liked star wars didn't she so she
1: dressed as chewbacca
3: for halloween yeah, this yeah dude totally yeah that yeah you can't
1: i can't i cannot agree with you on that i think your nerd experience is just too limited in general <laughs> maybe,
3: you <laughs> maybe you just expose myself
1: to notice. nerds you yeah. didn't notice the females that were yeah, involved get the trench cut out expose yourself to nerds
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, i know right no <laughs> well, let's
0: watch a What's, little bit of yeah,
1: this Fox News footage and see it. But again, I'm not really into this whole thing, especially when I
3: found out that Fox has nothing to do with it. <laughs> <laughs> Mike Dunsland, he loves the Star Wars films. Uh, Carla Shemkes. Mm-hmm. Oh, she rolled her eyes. Well, not only is it overrated,
0: in my opinion, it's also oversaturated. From Halloween costumes to it being on Monday Night Football, Everywhere you turn it's all Star Wars. Of right. Like guns who will go on to Fandango and buy it two months in advance and then crazy. it will ruin everybody else every the experience for I, can't, you know, I gotta find better audio.
2: I can't believe they would post it yeah. with audio. I don't know, like where is that
1: there. from?
3: I, just, I was I was mad at first because she she looks so stupid. <laughs> <That> sounds just <laughs> yeah. I'm almost on your boat now, buddy.
1: I don't know why it sounds so shitty. She's got a... I I just I want everybody to go and watch. The the point is, though, like it's nobody's forcing you to go watch it, Right. right? Um, nobody's for trying to force you to be into Star Wars. Why does it fucking matter if it's everywhere? So you're in the minority of, when it comes to the, the percentage of the nation that are Star Wars fans, apparently. It's also, we're not clearing out all the theaters of all the other movies and saying we're
3: only showing Star Wars yeah, for yes, a month. You know, I <laughs> you know, right? It really made me mad. One comment that she made right off the bat, she goes, and we're singing everywhere. It's even invaded our halftime and, you know, what's it, uh, Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Well, everybody keeps shoving Super Bowl down my throat. You could take some of my Fucking nerd right. shit. It's like it's like that offends you. Well, no, I get the, the sports shoved down my throat all the time. Seriously, you can take my Star Wars. Oh my gosh! But just to,
1: to stage this as this opinion debate. Like it's not a fucking
3: debate. No, it's not. If, <laughs> if you're not into Star Wars,
1: nobody you, wants to yeah, hear no, what you have
2: to say. There's too
3: much chocolate ice cream out there. You don't right? have to
2: go and see it. Yeah, it's a choice.
1: This isn't like, oh, I think this law is unfair and I'm going to speak out about it. No. And You should be listening to me whether you agree with me or not. Maybe I can change your mind. You're not changing anyone's mind. You're not making somebody go, oh, my God, I've wasted my life. The hot blonde is right. Yeah, what am I doing? I'm 40 years old. Yeah. And I want to go see a movie about fucking fucking ain't right. I want to go see a movie about spaceships and aliens.
3: <laughs> Excuse me, miss, but uh, bleach blonde hair and fake tits are overrated. We won't.
1: I, I watched it earlier. I don't think we're going to find any better audio of it. But the guy, the gentleman, the the nerd expert that was brought in to defend yeah. Star Wars said, "Well, this is this connects with a lot of people because it's this classic story of good versus evil and the blondes." <laughs> and the the blonde says oh that's original oh okay originality that's what you're shooting for then that's why you're so anti star wars right yeah uh you want to go see a romantic comedy where maybe they don't end up together no that would fucking piss you off you don't want to see originality yeah
3: i mean this it's a coming of age story it's 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 you know classic i mean they've been doing this since the beginning of written words so we have uh right yeah it, it's it,
1: Gilgamesh. It, the point that he was making is that that story of good and evil is derived from yeah ex- since the beginning of storytelling right and that's it's
3: overrated uh, right <laughs> i mean that's great right there I, I that's rich no that's not rich rich is on the last one <laughs> thank you jim it's funny when people debate things for the the sheer sake of debating them well
1: this is like fox this is like everybody's talking about star wars we got to get something out about star Wars. what we're a news organization would to well debate whether it's worth talking about or not well i guess it is worth talking about because fox devoted five minutes to it yeah thanks fox
2: thanks a lot obama yeah, that was the story that followed that
1: oversaturated and you're adding to the oversaturation. Yeah,
2: you're participating right now, in it. You dumb cunt. You
1: are currently adding to the big piss pool of over coverage of something that you think is ridiculous. Two times.
0: You're all a bunch of fucking idiots.
1: OK, this should cheer you up. Though. I had to share this story with you guys. I didn't see this website until recently. It's yeah. uh, net. Are you
3: familiar with this? I think I'm more interested in com, which is a little bit different content.
2: Oh, okay. I was to say this. Well, you want me to type that in in Google? It seems, I don't have to be,
1: it seems to be a kind of punk rock version of The Onion.
3: Oh, okay, cool.
1: Right? So yeah. fake news stories. Mm-hmm. I love this one, though. Because they had a story in there on HardTimes.net. Henry Rollins' driving app tells you how hard it would have been to get there in the 80s. <laughs> <laughs> new driving app voiced by Henry Rollins is quickly becoming the go-to navigation choice for punk and hardcore kids on the go. Wow. And the new app, Rat Size, gives driving directions to your destination while also shouting knowledge gained from the relentless work ethics of Rollins' legendary hardcore group Black Flag. The band's groundbreaking and hard-touring schedule often took them on very non-traditional routes across the country as the app will frequently remind you <laughs> but he's not gonna lie mm, hopefully no. he'll pick up let's see while driving to trying to drive from los angeles to tucson one user was directed to drive five miles to 7-eleven locate the nearest payphone, and call steve hopefully he'll pick up and let you know where you need to be Otherwise, it's just another overnight with Watt arguing about whatever bullshit he's got up his ass this time. <laughs> Noticeably, absent from the app is the mute feature. Any attempt to silence the app only makes the Rollins narration more irritated. <laughs> <laughs> Rat's Eyes features long winded talks from the former Black Flag frontman that can extend up to 20 minutes after you arrive at your destination. <laughs> With Some some users with Wi-Fi enabled cars have reported a glitch where the car locks until the stories are over. <laughs>
3: <laughs> he's he's becoming like the old man now. It's it's really quite frightening. G- grandfather punk. Yeah. Stay off my lawn, punk rock guy. Mm-hmm. Broke my hip. His body's getting kind of baggy these days, too. I don't know if you guys have seen well, it. Well, if you
2: don't keep that up, it turns to fat. It's it's really right. and by keep that up, I'm talking about his body of 20 years ago that we yeah. are looking at.
1: Oh how how old is he now? Oh, like he's, he's got to be running uh, approaching 60. Yeah, he's, yeah, he's, he's, he's got to be. He's north of 50. Yeah, totally. He might. I don't know. All right, Google. What have you been listening to lately, Eric? He's 54 oh. years old.
2: Well, I yeah, have been
3: um, listening to Beach Boys again. I've been revisiting Pet oh, Sounds. Yeah. I have it on vinyl. I've had it for years. Mm-hmm. Um, I currently, um, what was it? I, I, I saw uh, Love and Mercy recently. And was that the biopic? That's the biopic. I haven't um, seen it yet. It's absolutely phenomenal. And yeah. It, now, I, I always, that was always one of my favorite albums Wasn't of all time. John Cusack? John Cusack. Yeah, and uh, they did a, did a brilliant job with it, and it was really cool to see um, them. And the, the, a lot of it took place in the studio,
1: right? Because and, what I understand, I'm sorry to interrupt. No, keep just, going. That's but fine. But Real quick, like a lot of biopics, it's like the Ray Charles. Ray was a great movie, but right, it was like birth to death, and right, you're exactly. just like, <laughs> yeah, you no, know, like maybe you're overdoing it a little bit. From what I understand about the uh, the. Uh, Brian Wilson movie essentially is what it was about. It wasn't necessarily about the Beach Boys. It was more focused on Brian Wilson himself. Right, yeah. And it... Was over a finite period of of his career. Mm-hmm. Well, actually, two points in his career. Oh, so. right. Okay. So because there's yeah. actually
3: two actors playing him, which actually they look nothing alike, mm-hmm. but they both do the job brilliant brilliantly. And I like that they actually chose that. Yeah. Um, because most uh, uh, directors wouldn't do that. They'd oh. want to get two people that look similar. Right. You no, know, they pick they pick two people that best represented say, hey, Q Sack, the we gotta time. get
1: to you into makeup we're gonna do all the future shots today
3: <laughs> yeah exa- exactly that's that's what they would have done but yeah. it, no they did a brilliant job and um, what what I enjoyed the most is they recreated the studio and um, they recreated the uh, the experience and a lot of the stories that they had done and a lot of it breaks down in the studio and they showed the wrecking crew which I was really oh, excited yeah. to see you know who they are oh, they're, yeah. they're, they're the studio famous, musicians yeah. of the time that were on everything you've ever listened to of that era mm-hmm. these guys were the actual band playing it I mean they were uh, they did Sinatra, they did like uh, I, you just go on Carol King Carol King yeah it's just it's insane um, yeah they're, they're on everything most of everything you in the '60s in,
1: and 70's yeah. they were just all over that shit
3: none of the bands you listened to were actually the <laughs> bands you listened to it right. was the wrecking crew yeah so it's pretty incredible.
1: Well, that was the thing. You get somebody like a really good songwriter, like Carole King, for right. example, and then you get the song down, then you go with the really great musicians to play it. Right. And it was just a fucking job. It's it wasn't, nobody sat around going, what should we do for a bridge? Like, they were just like, here it is. Fucking play it. Yeah. You'll get a cigarette break when you're done.
2: And I would have loved to have done that. You get an right? hourly rate. I know. Right, wouldn't it, could, it be great? All
1: pen and paper. All notation. That, that,
2: that was the, that's the, the bummer part of the Pro Tools. Is it killed the session musician?
3: Well, yeah,
1: that and kind of. Well, you know what really did it is the the Beatles killed the session musician. Right, right. It was happening through the rise of rock and roll, mm-hmm. where oh no, I'll, these are easy songs to play. I'll just get my buddy. Teach him, right. you know, a couple, uh, you know, scales on the bass real quick and he can join the band. You know, can you keep a beat and you're my drummer? And the Beatles showing you that like, Hey, we're going to do all this shit ourselves and experiment more in the studio and all that shit. And that got to be what people thought of as that's a band. Hey, you know, you got a bunch of guys and they all get together and they jam it out and they write the song. And it's no longer the system of like, yeah. uh, you know, uh, the Tin Pan Alley musicians, you know, the, the, uh, the, the, Brill building Where they You know You just have like Guy in the office Write songs <laughs> He has a piano in there Right, right. You might have a yeah, lyricist right. That comes and works with them And they You know They, they go to fucking work They put on a tie and they, You know They go get their coffee And they go sit down And they go Okay We gotta write a song We gotta write You know
3: Give me a C, a bouncy C You, know, you guys right. know about The yeah. fifth Beatle right Beat Best no, well, that that one too. Uh, Bernard Purdy. I was gonna say uh, George he's, Martin. He's the he's the, oh. he's, the bla- he's the black drummer that they had to do all the groovy drum parts. He did the Purdy Shuffle. Guy was amazing. Oh no, I was
1: familiar with Beat Best, uh-huh. uh, the
3: guy who played Billy Preston.
1: Billy yeah. Preston. Yeah. Billy thank, Preston you. Right. thank you, thank you. George Martin, come and on. George, Martin. George Martin's
2: really the fifth Beatle. Come on. <laughs> yeah,
3: Bern- but Bernard did a lot of their drums. He did most of them actually. Anything that's not like in the pocket, Bernard Purdy
2: was doing. <laughs> yeah. Er, Ringo, you're limey showing? You can get a brother in here. Need some need some
3: uh, groove there,
2: yeah.
1: And you know, looping it back around to Brian Wilson, yeah, that's what kind of drove Brian Wilson to experiment more with the studio. He was hearing what the Beatles were doing right. and going, like everybody was like, "Oh, it's Beatles versus Stones," and I'm like, no. no, 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 Beatles are doing their thing. They're you know experimental, right. they're pushing the envelope constantly. They're figuring out are there any limitations to what we can do? Mm-hmm. And the stones were reappropriating black music and taking it on tour endlessly. Right. And that's their thing-huh. And they try. You know we saw the results of, uh, right. of what happened when they actually tried to go up against the Beatles. It was her Satanic Majesty's request. Well, right. you do have two thousand year old man or whatever the fuck. Two thousand, whatever was the song called? Uh, you, at, you do have some little gems in there, and it is an interesting album. It is nothing compared to what the Beatles were doing and what they were right. trying to go up against, like Sgt. Pepper's. Right. They saw Sergeant, they heard Sergeant Pepper's, and were like, "Oh, we got to do something like this." Uh huh. Whereas, really, oh so which fuck off, which fuck version off. of the Beach Boys is this? Fuck off! Heck, that's it's not that's not the Beach Boys. Fuck off with this song. <laughs> no, well, let, let me uh, let me get it's back. So awful. Let me make my point though cuz uh, and then we'll get back to this version cuz Brian Wilson heard what the Beatles were doing and it was like, "Oh, this is it. I can use right. the the studio as a tool and it's like another instrument." Right, exactly. Right? And so that's when you got into the making of of Pet Sounds and then uh later what was what was called Smile, the album that was never released until
3: recently. Smile? Mm. Yeah, I get that. It's yeah. It's insane It was Well,
1: you know Pet Sounds While it had good vibrations uh-huh. It was not catching on Like all their surf music was Oh, no
3: it, it it's, and, it's amazing that. And,
1: you know The rest of the band And the label Kind of gave Brian Wilson Some leeway Like, well, this is How I mean, the creative like genius song? works
3: And There's <laughs> <You're> still Brian <laughs> Wilson On this song
1: Yeah, that's Mike Love And Yeah The Mike Love band Yeah I uh, Right. So they, they gave him a chance of, okay, well, we'll see where you're going with this. Right. And when, when, uh, pet sounds didn't sell like Sergeant Peppers did. Uh-huh. They were like, no, that's it. No. We just want harmonies. We just want pop music. Right. Keep it simple. Why are you going to multiple studios and doing all these different takes? And, you know, he was getting fucking, uh, what's his name? The crazy producer that shoots people um, with the, th- with th- the hair. I- no. <laughs> Come on, dude. Crazy. Oh, Phil Spector. You know, yeah, yeah, he Phil was getting Spector, Sp- yeah. Phil Spector He's in up, there yeah. with like 40 musicians. Anybody who right. could hold a tambourine was getting in the fucking room doing these like crazy productions. And then, like you hear something like good vibrations, you can hear where the the separations are, even though everything's blended together in uh-huh. this perfect song. Right? You know, those were all these different the versions of This song. It was, it was things like what. Uh, Miles Davis was doing during yeah. the Bitches Brew sessions. If you listen to the original sessions, there's all these different takes that you can get of each uh, uh-huh. of each one of the songs. But the final product, the original Bitches Brew album, mm-hmm. one song was made up of three or four different takes that they right. would just kind of fade and splice together and everything. Oh yeah, razor blade. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
3: Uh, it's that, <laughs> huge. That's uh, before Pro Tools. He had to get the razor blade scrubbing
2: out, scrubbing and, and cutting. I know and how, and how to do, and do and that. Uh, oh my god, Rich. We're probably one of the last classes at Specs Howard that were taught how to yeah, do that, and I know yeah. how to hand start a prop plane. <laughs> 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 like, good does it do me? <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> yeah, you, know, you were talking
3: about the Smile album. I'm just going to yeah. real quick say that I, I actually um, I, I was reading about um, that album being made. It was made in mm-hmm. Brian Wilson's house, and you're talking
1: about the. Uh, this, the eventual, the, the, what well, it came out in like 2000 or somewhere. Yeah. There. Yeah. That was
3: all done in his house. Yeah. And the cool part about it was he was like, well, if you listen to it, there's like, the, there's no, there's hardly any reverb on the album. Uh huh. And they asked him why. And he goes, well, you know, is it a choice you guys made? He didn't want reverb on it for something? He's like, no, reverb tank is too big to put in a house. <laughs> 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 and now we, uh, now we have a plug in for that. But it's it just amazing that was his response. They, right. they didn't, it was out necessity, they didn't have a reverb. I love
2: this is right. totally the version from Smile
3: Yeah, there, there, there's a lot of tracks on oh, it Oh, this is the
1: Smile Sessions
2: that, yeah. yeah
3: That's the thing,
1: like every Anyone who was really a fan of Brian Wilson Had heard all those songs on Smile They were just in demo form Right The album was pretty much complete uh-huh. And the label was like You're not fooling us again No, they yeah. fucking tanked that shit That if you're not gonna do surf music or pop music We are not interested in you
3: Right Oh my gosh You know
1: Not to say I mean Brian Wilson Didn't do himself Any favors either He was a complete introvert He experimented with drugs That uh, You know Maybe over-experimented With drugs somewhat And And maybe Somewhat (laughs) But You know It was He was this vulnerable Artist Who I can sympathize With him so much In this way They're like He's a, a giant open wound Right. I mean, from his teens, he was like in the successful pop group, and he was like, yeah. "Oh, I can do all this, right?" And when he wanted to grow, everybody who in the past was telling him, "Yes, you're great, you're awesome, you sound awesome, you're going to take over the world," was now like, "What are you doing? We're not with you on this, and we're not going to support you." That drove him to become more introverted and kind of push everybody else away, and and just want to, you know, just nobody understands me, type of thing. Yeah, go ahead and plug that in.
3: You have the. You don't have this, do you? You don't have one. A- what is that? Oh, cool. Thanks. What was the?
1: What was the the guy that he worked with uh, to complete smile? There's a guy from an indie band. I'm trying to remember. Do you remember that?
3: I don't remember. Uh,
1: I had a friend that I met in my 20s who was the only person I had met in that up until that point that was a bigger sna- music snob than I was, uh-huh. and I was over his place one day going through his record collection, and I started giving him shit for having Brian Wilson albums. Let need listen to Brian Wilson, the Beach Boys, and this shit. This is bullshit. It's like, you have no idea. oh yeah so so what you've heard uh you know you've heard the surf rock stuff and you've heard good vibrations like you you don't even know what you're talking about you've heard one you know section of brian wilson's career he was a huge fan though i much bigger fan than i let's face it it it's brilliant as he is at writing music, there was a lot of just bullshit that came out in the 80s too.
3: Oh, totally. Yeah, I mean, everybody went through that. It, it's, mm-hmm. it's amazing. Cause, oh, uh,
1: but speaking of that, yeah, that their version of California Dreaming, uh-huh. which is just a big why. Why the fuck would you record that song? We're going to do that again? Why would no. you? <laughs> what, like, oh my god, it's it's one of the worst covers I've ever heard of oh, anybody it's else. Horrible. It's just,
2: because it's aren't they supposed to be like where the Beach Boys were synonymous with California I and guess. the beach? Well, you know Oh, well that's actually a good version. Really? there that's, you go.
1: Yeah. I, this came up recently because I was listening to punk rock Girl by the Dead Milkman California Dreamin'. and so it started, started screaming. screaming. On such right. A win- yeah because somebody plays California somebody plays, plays a, a Beach, Beach Boys song on, on the, on the jukebox. jukebox and it was California dreaming right that's the lyric, and I always thought well he's i, I used to I thought that he was getting it wrong on purpose, kind of like when your grandpa fucks up the name of your favorite superhero on purpose just to fuck with you. That's like, what they, I thought too, and I didn't know they covered it. Right, and he's right. Yeah, I, he I thought it, I thought he was just mistaken. Like, yeah, hey, that's a Mama's and Papa's song. I think he's like, a dick. Right, he's yeah. just like, oh, I was. A... So to actually find wow. out, like recently, I don't ever remember this being on, but I imagine it got some play. But recently I stumbled across this And I was like Oh there is a Beach Boys version And, and what's
2: disappointing Is they have such the vocal range And chops to pull it off Like uh-huh. in a decent version Sure But it's got the stupid Big drum 80s version Yeah
3: Well yeah I mean I I, I, I do not like the Beach Boys of this era It's just like they, And there's like no mids On any of their stuff in this era either It's right. weird like I don't know uh, what's it? noise what's reduction version of
1: right, and ugh. keeping all the instruments are in back, and all the harmonies are way up front, right? And that because that's <laughs> what hey.
3: This is when John to played drums for them, too. So, <laughs> yes, so we had Jesse and the Rippers and uh, the Beach Boys.
1: Well, not only is this a horrible version, but the video is just depressing. It's all in black and white. They're just standing there. It's a lot of shots of them just staring blankly into the
3: camera. It's, and now a saxophone solo. It's yeah, being ripped in a church. Yeah, no, yeah I know. Who,
1: is, is that these. Richard Lewis playing the saxophone?
2: <laughs> I don't know. I have to write this ship, though my brain. Yeah, let's Sorry. Yeah, dude. Do you, do you hear <laughs> I those? love this song. Oh, man? Do, the
1: original, too. this is so great. The
3: record Listen how much better the recording is on this one. It's this gorgeous. You can hear the room. There's mm-hmm. mid-range. There's the, oh, it's four full. voices. Yeah, there, and there's a there, it's panning. They they, they use panning in this beautifully at the time. This is a a great stereo image for that for the for the time. Like, right. I yeah, love if, this.
1: If you're listening song. with headphones, well yeah. I think I have mine flipped, but the lead should be in your left and the 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 harmonies on the right, right? Yeah, I think right? we, I always mirror my flip. Yeah, I don't know because uh, they do all the cables on the the right side for headphones uh-huh. usually, and I always put mine on the left. Yeah. So I don't know. Maybe th- I thought that was just me. Obviously, the majority of people prefer the right, but I don't know why. So, out of the way. You're using your right
2: hand yeah. more. It's like not. Like, why does it seem? I'm sure you guys can answer this question. The preacher it, likes it cold. It's probably. I, I think you just answered my question. Just how come? Like when the technology was worse the recordings had so, sounded no, so much fuller. Well, because they... they when you went, couldn't isolate every track, it sounded better.
3: In, in the in the, in the the 80s, they were going through a period of time where they're like, we got to get rid of all noise. We have to make this as sterile as possible. So the big thing that they did was they had something called noise reduction. DBX came out with at the time. And what it did was it filtered out the high end where the hiss is. Right. But when you get rid of the hiss, you get rid of all the life. Well, in the, the, you do have to back up a little
1: bit, though, because there is... a a push in technology that caused this problem right it was the idea that when the Beatles started taking a couple four track recorders and and bouncing shit back and forth to get these 16 track recordings and then the demand came to, "Oh, let's just right. make a 16 track. Record. Let's make a 24. Let's take two 24 track recorders and <laughs> chain them together and we'll have 48 tracks to work with, right? Uh-huh. Yeah. What's constant on every single one of those tracks? The little bit of tape hiss. Right. Right. Yeah. So, so when you do 24 or 48 tracks, well yeah, you're going the hiss is going to take over so then you have, noise floor. So yeah. you so then you have to start filtering all that out. Whereas yeah. you're working with, you know, in this recording, a handful of mics all, you know, put in the right place in the room. And you certainly have a little bit of noise, but it's no more than you would on any other recording. You're not constantly layering that and, and, That noise building up in it I don't To me Like
2: the The sound they got out of bass guitars In like the 60s They've never gotten out of them ever again
1: Because they had to push the attack of it Yeah Whereas now We have a fuller range in most systems And most recordings that we hear uh, Outside of those from the 80s Have a fuller range to them Mm -hmm. We go Oh we can Hey that bass should be like rumble in your seat Well no The bass should really kind of be Punching you in the chest Yeah That's the frequency Where you really feel it At low end bass, that shit that's happening below sixty hertz is just mud. Yeah, there's nothing usable in a recording or a live
3: sound in there. It's just gonna hurt you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like b- bass, bass guitar should be be more in the low mid ranges and even even some high mid ranges. We want to get that that cool woofy boxy sound that I love.
0: What, Someone set up what do you got
3: there? <laughs> <We get> classic. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Main screen turn on. It's you. How are you, gentlemen? (laughs) All your base are belong to us. (laughs) You are on the way to destruction.
2: What you say?
1: You have no chance to survive Make your time.
2: (laughs) Ha ha ha. I mean, you gotta let the breakdown come in.
1: Oh, this is the remix? You can't cut it off. (laughs) <laughs> All your base to us. anyway great talk about music mm, yeah it was refreshing oh here's something for you you know what i've been listening to over and over and over again the only cd that i'll play in my car for like the last three weeks i think it was from 1990 Ooh. the sunday's first album reading writing and arithmetic ah I have just been obsessed with that. I don't know, if, are you familiar with the Sundays at all? No. You had to have at least heard Summertime. That was the biggest hit that they ever had. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about? Oh, I, I do. You know the Sundays. Yeah. They did three albums. The last one was... Had their Eric, you've heard this song. Their I'm hit, Summertime. You. It's a great pop song. But overall, this album kind of falls flat, especially when there's something about... The first album was very much like a kind of female-fronted Smiths kind of thing that had this... Passion and urgency, and this sound to it—that uh, they were n- never really fully able to produce on future recordings. But like I like mean, it already. I like this song. There's a lot of songs I skip over on this album. I forgot how damn cute she was too.
2: With her big mall bangs. <laughs> Yeah, but this is from '97, oh, yeah, so they were totally. trying to to get them in that whole chick rock wave. Yeah, yeah, totally. with the Meredith Brooks and the Alanis mm-hmm. Morse. set. and there were and well, yeah, but there there were too many of the
1: uh, breathy female singers. Yeah, in the uh, early '90s,
3: I um, I may have heard this in my life because I, I was around during that period. You've been to I, a
1: mall I since 1997.
2: Really, I don't remember this song at all. If you ever bought khaki, somewhere that would sell you khakis would more than likely be playing this song. Well, I but actually want to buy some khakis. Yeah, whether whether like at Target, target maybe the Gap.
3: The hand hand the I like this. Sorry.
2: <laughs> Two, <laughs> three, four.
3: Kind of reminds me of, uh, well, this okay. reminds me of, uh, what's it, uh, Rilo Kylie. Yeah. Yeah, I like I like them a lot. Not, is it, it's the band Jenny Lewis. Is yeah, from yeah, she's the bomb, dude.
1: Yeah. Who the fuck is Jenny Lewis married to that I found out? He's married to somebody, and I was like, what? what? All right, so for a little comparison, not the, honestly, not the best song, not my favorite, at least, on the first album, but this was the single from...
3: You guys know this song? I don't know. Yeah. I know this song. Yeah. Cool. It
2: also makes me want to purchase some do you,
3: khakis. Do you hear how much better the recording got in the 90s than it was in the 80s right there? Yes. Yeah? Right there.
2: Huge difference.
3: It's not as dark but sounding. But still.
2: You're not getting that... Like, you could, you could just... Maybe two, because maybe in older recordings it was the whole band playing live together, whereas here, yeah. not so much. you are
1: not
3: so, getting the distortion. You're, you missed that
2: distortion that you were getting those, you know. the, the lo-fi. Yeah,
1: I don't know. But I'm really sensitive to these. Uh, I remember I worked with at my parents' frame store uh, the, the manager that worked there for a while. I worked with him, and we had this argument because he was like. Going on this rant about how drum machines and synthesizers are killing music and, that, and that there's no value to programming an instrument it had to yeah. be played in real time and all together to be real quote-unquote music and that's just not the case i mean no if i'm listening to a rock band yeah, they usually do sound better when they all record together and they're all in the same room and you get that feel. Right. Because you're not even though you have a kind of you have a, a tempo to the song, there's fluctuation in it it's natural. But, you know I like a lot of different forms of music, so it all depends on what I'm listening to. Right. I mean obviously being a fan of techno music, I can't hate drum machines and synthesizers. But I also don't think that there's no place for a drum machine or a synthesizer in a rock song. Mm-hmm. There's plenty of, uh, of, you know, good rocking songs that are all programmed into a drum machine. I don't know. There's, it's not good or bad, right? Certainly, I can't argue with anybody's preference. And if what your preference is to hear that type of music, and maybe you predominantly like older yeah. music, where it had to have been recorded in that fashion. Well, uh, let's look at but, but Nine stop, Inch Nails. But stop trying to tell other people what real music is and how it should be played and listened to and enjoyed. And just, like, stop trying to tell people, like, and my kid could do that. art. abstract is just a big square and a circle. My kid could have done that. Well, your kid did. That's why your kid's not famous. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. And right. it doesn't matter what your opinion is because it's just your opinion. You're not the, you know, the gatekeeper of what constitutes art. And it... And it has to do with how it's made. Mm. How did you make the art? I'll determine how uh, if it's art or not. How hard did you work on it? How
3: many hours did you put into it? Kanye West is the voice of our generation. It's it, 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 there's no relation.
1: You could spend years working on something that is a pile of shit, right? Right. And you could literally shit out something that is a work of art. Doesn't matter. It's not does it connect with with somebody else or or does you know does it emotionally connect or or convey some idea or some feeling or something that's what makes it art some may call this art some may (laughs) this is real music because it's guitars i'm talking about this show i got i feel you yeah
2: Ranted over the whole song. It's like the most anti-rant music. Anti-rant. <laughs> he's ranting while he's paying for these khakis. All right. So is that
1: it? That's it for this week. We gotta
2: talk about music and rants. Rant about music. Mm, yes. And comic books. Music and comic Comedy. books. Didn't we talk about guns for like thirty seconds? We tried to. Yeah. Yeah can't just, do it on the Monday show. I just, show. Couldn't, I just yeah. couldn't keep it serious. Yeah, There's it's only
1: so much bad news I can take in one week.
2: Hey, the, the spirit of the Monday show, is the lighter fare because it's Monday. You That's know? right. We bum you out on Friday because, you know, you got the <laughs> weekend to look forward to. But thanks everybody who listens, downloads, shares, retweets. Fuck all the goddamn internet for verbiage. It's... By the way, we're getting a goddamn whiteboard. I keep talking about it. We're getting a fucking whiteboard. Why? So, why is it got to be white? Well, true. I guess we get a blackboard. We can write on a whiteboard with marker. <laughs> why has it got to be goddamned? Yeah. Why can't it be science damned? Right. That's right. You need that white chalks ingraining itself into the blackboard. <laughs> Randomly damned. All right. See, even inserting some racism into the end of the the monday show me no me <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks i was racist last episode yes it's your turn <laughs> well that's so, eric it's your turn next time Well, next week yeah. next week <laughs> carry ahead.
3: the torch maybe uh i'll put that um you know middle-aged
2: white man uh, power to good use right. if you make it i mean statistically one of us is <laughs> yeah, not going to no. be back for this next episode <laughs> 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 on that note thanks everybody and we'll see you on friday hopefully <laughs> yeah hopefully